Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have a really stupid joke this time. What did the worker at the rubber band factory say when he lost his job? I don't know. Oh, snap! Oh, my God! Yeah, that's stupid. (laughs) That's so stupid. Okay, but that's why they're called stupid jokes. So the, The more stupid, the better. Okay, so I'm going to go through um, a few more of the history's greatest mysteries. So my first one is the NJ Ghost Sniper. In the 1920s, cars and homes were being shot at. No one could see where the shots were coming from, but they heard crazy laughter somewhere in the distance. The strangest part about this was that no one could find any bullets. What? No one could find any bullets. The, quote, ghost sniper traveled all over South Jersey and Philadelphia, and after years of terrorizing people, he disappeared as quickly as he came. Huh. That is super weird. That is weird. Crazy laughter from in the distance? No. That's creepy. No. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, my God. That is crazy. Okay, next one is the Dyatlov Pass, which is one of my f- favorite stories. This is this one's crazy, too. Yeah. It was 1959, and nine people in their 20s decided to go on a skiing trip through the Ural Mountains in Russia. Does that sound right? That sounds good to me. All right. They never returned. It took three months for the rescue team to find all of their bodies. All of them appear to have died at different times from different causes. In their diary, one of them had written, quote, from now on, we know that snowmen exist. Ooh, I'd never heard I that. I never heard that. What? I never heard that I have that never before. heard that. I, I think have someone's... heard this story, I don't know how many times. From people who do actual research. Yeah. And I have never heard that before. I think someone's making some shit up. I think someone is. But, oh my gosh. That's creepy. That is creepy. Um, just adding their own shit. What the hell? <laughs> you can't do that. That's cheating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, one of the men in particular rushed out of his tent without any snow gear, but was holding his camera. Urgently trying to photograph something, he died of a head injury. Never heard that either. Um, I heard that they there was one person that had a camera, I think, around his neck. Oh. Um, but I heard that the tent was torn from the inside. From the inside yeah. out. So yeah. which is in like what was in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So creepy. The damage found on the other bodies was so bad, it was said that their bodies looked like they were in a car crash. They were killed by some force that a human would not be powerful enough to do. To top off an already strange story, their clothing had high levels of radiation. Hmm. Crazy. That whole story is just nuts. And, you know, the more you look into it, the weirder it gets. And But, I mean, someone making up shit, that's not cool. No, it's not. From now on, we know that snowmen exist. <laughs> that makes me very so, sad. So some of the, the hypotheses of what happened was Bigfoot. Yep, that was one of them. Uh, aliens. Aliens. The Russian government yes, was one. Because of the radiation. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I don't know if someone's trying to make it sound more like it was Bigfoot. <laughs> Obviously. Or, or what. There's snowman. Whatever. And wouldn't they call it, like, it would be, well, I guess it would be a snowman. Because, you know, when I think snowman, I think carrot nose and yeah, magic hat. I don't think. the in uh, Rudolph? Um, the abominable snowman yeah so i guess it is a snowman yeah but i don't know what are the white bigfoots called do they have a name 
I don't know. I just keep thinking Yeti. I don't know if that's like a different thing or. I don't know. There's different. There's different names. For yeah, I mean, there's places, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Crazy. Next one is Travis Walton, which is my favorite UFO story ever because it is so creepy. I love it. A man named Travis Walton was a logger in Arizona in 1975. Travis was at work cutting logs in the wood woods with a chainsaw with six other men in his crew all of them claimed to have seen a ufo and travis suddenly disappeared the men called the police to report him as a missing person five days later travis reappeared on his own he claims he had been abducted by aliens who attempted to study him but he had managed to escape is that the story that 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 alien movie was based off of yes that was that scared the shit out of me yeah and if you i mean if you want to get creeped out by freaking ufo look him up and go into or you know if you guys if you guys want me to look into it a little bit farther i can because i mean just the detail that he goes into and like i've said it before he he recognized the smell that he was experiencing when he was up in this spaceship or whatever and that is again that's something that i would definitely take note of and recognize you know because it smelled like cinnamon he said yeah and that's just that resonated with me because that's something that i would be i would notice because you know you're like breathing in that Mm -hmm. smell and it just so creepy just everything about it's so creepy Uh, okay my next one is jeanette de palma In 1972, a dog walked into Springfield, New Jersey, holding the arm of a dead girl in its mouth. It belonged to teenager Jeanette De Palma, whose body was found on top of of a mountain. Rumor has it that she was sacrificed for some kind of cult. That was all that was left for that one. I'd never heard of that one. When was that? Did it have a date? It said 1972. Oh. Hmm very weird okay and this one i'm probably going to butcher but isidore i guess fink in 1929 a man named isidore fink returned home to his new york apartment moments later screaming was heard from the inside however the doors were locked from the inside and the windows were nailed shut after prying the boards off of the windows, the police actually needed to send a small child to unlock the front door because the window was too small for an adult. When the police went inside, they saw that Isidore was dead with three bullet holes in his chest. They could not find a gun, nothing was stolen, there were no fingerprints, and there should have not been a way for a murderer to escape the apartment. Didn't you do that story? I did. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, it was crazy and like what the heck? I yeah, smell I we secret were, room. Yeah, I think that's what we talked about. There had to have been some secret There had to have been crawl Yeah, in the walls or something. Yeah, like even what the air ducts or, you know, something, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was 1929, so I don't There had to have been a way yeah, out. Yeah. A lot of the, and I guess it depends on what kind of building it was or house or whatever, but I think houses used to be built with like like tunnels from room to room. Yeah. Like for um, maids and stuff, so they wouldn't be seen. Oh, yeah. So they would, they would you know, go through Absolutely. the walls and stuff. Even because we had recently been house hunting and we had looked at two houses that had, um, it was a closet that would go from one bedroom and you could go all the way through to a different bedroom through yeah. the closets. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the, a lot of it was built like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's crazy, but yeah. I bet it's explainable. But who knows? I mean, if they actually did a thorough investigation, and obviously they would have known about these things. I don't know. That's that's crazy. And maybe they had them, but they didn't go to any outside doors. Maybe it was just, maybe. you know, contained in yeah. the house. So they would still have to come out and go out a door right. or something, or a window. Weird. I don't know. Okay, next one. The Panchen Lama? 
In Tibetan Buddhism, there is a belief that the leaders of the religion are reincarnated. In 1995, the Dalai Lama discovered a five-year-old boy named Gedan Choki Naimnina, who he claimed... That's right, that's right. Okay. Who he claimed was the reincarnation of... Oh, shit. Choki... Guy Alton, the previous Panchen Lama, he was destined to become the new leader once the Dalai Lama dies. Only three days after the announcement of the new Panchen Lama, Chinese authority kidnapped the little boy. They chose their own Panchen Lama, a boy named Guy Alton Norbu, who is the son of... Chinese government officials. The government claims that they are still holding Gedhun captive in China and that he is safe. However, no one knows where he is and there is a possibility that he has died. I couldn't follow that one, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but poor kid, if he's dead. That's sad. Okay. Next one, the Kecksburg incident. A sleepy town of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania was shaken up one night in 1965. People in the town noticed a ball of fire falling from the sky. It landed in the woods, and witnesses described it as being a huge acorn-shaped UFO. Once it was reported to the police, NASA showed up and took the object away. They never explained to the public what the object actually was. In 2002, a journalist filed information on the Kecksburg incident through the Freedom of Information Act and eventually had to take NASA to court to release the documents. When she won the case, NASA handed over the documents, but it was clear that pages were missing. To this day, there is still no answer about what the object actually was. Ooh, makes you wonder. If there are pages missing, aren't they like, shouldn't they be court ordered to hand that shit over? I think so, yeah. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's not cool. I don't like it. Next one, the Colonial Parkway murder. In the 1980s, couples were being ripped out of their cars and murdered from the Lover's Lane near the Colonial Parkway in Virginia. At least eight people died under similar circumstances, meaning that there was a serial killer that has never been found. That's creepy. And who knows how many serial killers have never been found. Yeah, really. What year was Scary. In the 1980s, it said. Hmm. Yeah, there were lots of serial killers in the 80s. Oh, God. Okay, next one. In 2011, a 19-year-old college student named Alexander Grant was at a party. He disappeared into a back room. When police broke up the party, Alex's friends could not find him. Security camera footage spotted Alex at a local train station. Later, cameras found him breaking into the basement of a building in town. He was missing pieces of clothing, even though it was winter. He seemed to be scared and trying to run from something. After hiding for about 30 minutes, he leaves the building and begins to run. The next day, his body is found frozen under a sheet of ice in the river. At first, the police claim that he was just drunk and it was an accident. However, after learning more strange facts about the case, the police have reopened the investigation as an unsolved mystery. Hmm. Creepy. Never heard that one before. Me neither. Uh, Next one, the Forest Fen treasure. An elderly man named Forrest Fenn claims he has hidden a $2 million treasure in New Mexico. He wrote clues on how to find it in a poem. So far, people have died trying to find this treasure. Fenn refuses to take any responsibility for these deaths, saying that the treasure is actually simple to find and that no one should die from their search. (laughs) Just because y'all are a bunch of dumbasses? It's probably, like, right there. And he's like, dude... It's right there. <laughs> Why are you dying? <laughs> people are so stupid. They are. It's insane. It's, I mean, especially what people will do for money. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's sad. It's very It's like, sad. you know what? Maybe you should do what everyone else does and just get a job. Hey. God, money doesn't love you back. Nope. Good Lord, people. Okay. Next one, in 1979, a man named Ronald Moody 
noticed that seeds were falling from the sky. The seeds were covered in a jelly-type substance. There were no trees or birds up above that would explain the phenomenon. Soon enough, his neighbors began bringing up similar reports. There were so many seeds that Ronald was able to fill up eight buckets. He decided to plant the seeds in his garden. The next year, they grew into corn, beans, cress, and mustard. Wow. What the fuck? I've never heard that before. I don't know. Crazy. It doesn't say where. It just says in 1979. Free food. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Next one. The I, There's probably a bunch of stuff I can't pronounce in this one, too. Uh, the t- Tunguska? Guska? Gus, no. Tung, Tunguska Blast. How did he say it? Tungus- Let me look at Tunguska. Let me look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta find it. Oh, it's at the very bottom there. Yeah, I think it's Tunguska. Tunguska? Yeah. I don't know. See, I was close. Siberia, Russia, it's, it's so cold that it is one of the least populated places in the world. In 1908, there was an explosion so powerful that trees were bent over flat for 800 square miles. Thankfully, no one was killed except for some unlucky reindeer. It shook the ground so much that it was felt all the way in England and the sky lit up all over the world. Oh my gosh. NASA said that this blast was caused by a meteoroid... However, there was no hole in the ground where it should have fallen, and no evidence of a meteor was ever found. Many people have theories that something else may have been going on. Hmm. That is crazy. That scare the sh- that stuff scares the shit out of me. Just mysteries like there's no and something that like huge. And the thing is, is that it's there's obviously an answer for it. We're just too stupid right now to figure it out. Yeah, but something that big, I mean, you would think it would have an easy explanation, but geez. In 1928, someone was stabbing women in their breasts and buttocks in public places all over Bridgeport, Connecticut. (laughs) Don't laugh. That sucks. That would suck, but what the fuck? Uh, Seriously, what the fuck? A total of 26 women reported being attacked, but since it was done in crowded places, no one ever saw who did it. Oh, my gosh. Man, fuck that person. That is so violating. Can't I just people just get a hobby? Seriously. That's not poking people? Yeah, don't stab. Oh, my God. I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1845, a 14-year-old French girl named Angelique Cotton began to show signs that she had superpowers. She could make objects move by holding out her hand towards towards them. When people came near her, they would get electric shocks. Scientists studied her, explaining that she had a special ability that they had never seen before. Her parents wanted to make money from their daughter's powers, so they began to put her on exhibit in front of an audience. A few months later, Angelique claimed that her powers went away, and she went back to living a normal life. Huh. Weird. I bet she was like, man, fuck this shit. They, they're gone. I, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I I, I'm sorry. Sorry, we're poor again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not your monkey. <laughs> Okay, and my last one. West Point is one of the top military academies in the United States. In 1950, Richard Cox was only 21 years old as a cadet at West Point. He told his roommates that he was going to have a dinner meeting with a man named George. Richard left in full uniform that night and was never seen again. The FBI opened an investigation, and while there are many theories, no one knows the true story of what happened to Richard. Ooh, that's creepy. I know, George. Weird. All right. This week I did Ghosts of Oregon. Okay. I had to go through every one of our episodes today to figure out which states <laughs> I've done and which ones I have. I thought you had them saved in your computer. Um, yeah, but I was doing my stories at work. Where I was supposed to. <laughs> oh my and gosh. They're saved on my computer at home. Um, so I had to figure out which ones I could do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Lenora Independence, 
the town of Independence. Indep- <laughs> we're starting out good. <laughs> the town of Independence is said to be very haunted, and there are few locals who have not had a personal experience. What's wrong? <laughs> I have to start over. Okay. The town of Independence is said to be very haunted, and there are few locals who have not had a personal experience in Lenora. She was a 15-year-old girl who fell in love with a soldier who went off to fight in World War I and died within a week. She was brokenhearted and threw herself through a glass skylight into what is now Mangiere Italian Restaurant. Holy shit. It is said that there is a stain on the floor that simply cannot be removed. Lenora's ghost has been seen wandering around town on countless occasions. Oh my gosh. I'm about tired of hearing about all these girls that are throwing themselves off of things because they don't have their man anymore. I know. Oh my gosh. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Oregon Caves Chateau at Cave Junction. Oregon Caves Chateau was built in 1932 and it still has the same rustic atmosphere that it did back then. Guests say they start feeling uneasy as soon as they lay eyes on the building. This continues to build as you climb the narrow staircase to the upper floors. It is said that a spirit named Elizabeth lingers in the sixth floor hallway during the day before wandering the hotel at night. She is said to be the spirit of a young woman betrayed by her husband on their wedding night. She apparently jumped to her death from the window of room 301 after seeing her husband in a compromising position with one of the chambermaids. Oh my gosh. Really? It's men coming up with these stories. They're not true. I'm telling you. <laughs> Women, even even back then, can't have been that stupid. I hope not, but you just never know. Highway 101 uh, at Cannon Beach. Highway 101 is a stunning stretch of highway along Oregon's coast. However, it may look beautiful, but it has a darker side. Since the early 60s, there have been reports of people seeing a man with a bandaged face appearing at the side of the road. Some say that he has even been glimpsed sitting in their back seat <gasps> via the rearview mirror. Oh, hell But when no. they turn around, he is gone. No, that is nightmare. That is horrible. That is the worst mirror ever. And don't think about that on your way home tonight. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'm going to have the kids, but no, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oregon. Is it Oregon or Oregon? I don't know. I think it's Oregon just because I'm from Indiana and we're lazy like that. Okay, I'll say Oregon then. Okay. The Oregon Vortex was originally known to Native Americans as the Forbidden Ground, largely because of their belief that evil spirits roamed the land. It is said that their horses would shy away and refuse to enter the area. A house was built on the land, but it has sunk into the ground at a diagonal. However, despite this, anyone who stands inside the house finds themselves standing perfectly upright. It has also been said that people appear to change height inside what is believed to be a vortex. There are also many ghost stories here, most of them revolving around the apparition of scientist John Lister, who originally discovered the unique properties of the area. Is this really a rift in space and or time, or is there some other explanation? Well, you know that house that you see on all those shows where it, it looks funny, and then like they'll put a ball down and yeah roll oh yeah that's what this is oh okay about. yeah i totally know about that yeah i think they figured out why it does that but it's I don't well is i it think like they the figured out yeah something? they figured out like some of it but some of it doesn't have an explanation mm. like isn't it where um there's two blocks of wood or whatever on the ground and if a short person stands on this one and a tall person stands on this one they're both the same height oh. and then if they switch switch blocks mm-hmm. one of them's like way taller than the other person or something yeah weird. And that's what this one said it said that um says the house was built on the land 
that okay i'm gonna have to reread this because you didn't listen to it. <laughs> sorry <laughs> the oregon vortex was originally known to native americans as the forbidden ground largely because of their belief that evil spirits roam the land it is said that their horses would shy away and refuse to enter the area a house was built on the land but has it has sunk into the ground at a diagonal Huh. However, despite this, anyone who stands inside the house finds themselves standing perfectly upright. Crazy. So they're not like lean they're not leaning, they're they're perfectly straight. Yeah. Um says it has also been said that people appear to change height inside what is believed to be a vortex. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I I think I think they've come up with a few things that are Did, an explanation um, what's his face do a story on it who um, i know that uh they did an episode of fact or faked on it okay that's what i'm thinking of yeah okay were you t- talking about josh gates yeah I, I get him mixed up with the other dude oh yeah okay yeah it was uh fact or faked okay i love that show. oh my gosh it's the best and the show that he's on now is not good. Well, it's the people. Sorry. I, but it's the I people know. that's with him. I know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Hot Lake Hotel and Hot Springs. The Hot Springs in La Grande, Oregon have a long and colorful history. They were initially a place of healing for Native Americans until the settlers came along and fucked it all up. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> and built a hotel on the land in the 1840s. By the 1920s, it had been converted into a medical facility and later an insane asylum and a retirement home. It began to fall into disrepair and in 1991, it was closed temporarily. This is when the first reports of paranormal activity began to surface. There is now a hotel on the land and staff report hearing piano music, even though there is no piano in the building. There are also reports of the ghosts of a gardener who hanged himself on the property, a strange mist that appears on the lake, and a higher than average number of car crashes outside of the property. Really, a strange mist on the the lake? (laughs) I wonder what that is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, that's funny. be in a mood tonight that's okay that's okay oregon institute of technology the oregon institute of technology was in use for many years and then was suddenly abandoned with little or no explanation given as to why some of the building was demolished and the remains soon fell in i just read that totally wrong (laughs) i didn't i didn't stop at the exclamation point i just kept going The Oregon Institute of Technology was in use for many years and then was suddenly abandoned with little or no explanation given as to why. Some of the building was demolished and the remains soon fell into disrepair. However, there have been reports of strange activity around the area. The hill right next to the building is known to be a site where regular satanic ceremonies have been conducted. There have also been odd rock formations with animal bones in the center found around the ruins of the Institute, and some explorers have even found blood. Hmm. This is creepy enough, but there's also reports of shadow figures, loud, unexplained bangs, and very ominous presence. Uh, Lafayette Cemetery. In the 1800s, a woman was accused of witchcraft and was hanged for her supposed crimes. Immediately prior to her death, she cursed the town of Lafayette, saying that it would burn to the ground three times. Since then, the entire town has burned down on two occasions, so it seems that the curse is not yet broken. Her ghost has also been spotted roaming not only the location in which she was hanged, but also Lafayette Cemetery where she was buried. It has been said that she lurks in the shadows and will scream at visitors, even going as far as to chase them out of the cemetery. Oh, my God. Those who have been chased out often have razor-like cuts across their backs, perhaps from her fingernails as she grabs at them. The attacks got so frequent that the cemetery has now been closed to the public and bears a no-trespassing sign for public safety. This is definitely one of the most haunted locations in Oregon, as well as being a place where you need to quite literally watch your back. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That is beyond. Why have I never heard of that? I don't know. That is the creepiest thing I think I've ever 
heard. Unless it was some woman that was playing a joke or something. <laughs> well, I mean, for it to happen so much that they ha- like it's closed to the public, that's that's nuts. It is. Multnomah County Poor Farm. In the early 1900s, Multnomah County Poor Farm housed the unfortunate, the sick, the poor, and the homeless. They could live on the farm in exchange for working on it. People came and went with some frequency, so it is difficult to say how many of them died here, but there were certainly a fair few. The labor was hard, and some of the people just were not up to it and ended up dying. In 1990, a hotel, brewery, and venue was built on the property, and it is around that time that the paranormal activity was first reported. Room 215, in particular, seems to be a bit of a hot spot, and the hotel keeps a logbook where guests can note down their paranormal experiences while staying at the hotel. Huh. I would love to go to a hotel and read oh, stuff like that. I don't think I'd want to stay, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I would stay. I don't know if I would or not. I don't no. think I would. I, no, I just because can't. It, because I wouldn't sleep. That's well, yeah. my thing. Yeah. I would, I mean, we would have, like, and I know we've said this before, but we would have to go in order to look for ghosts. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not down mm, for... I, that scares me. I wouldn't mind going for a tour. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun, but not but, to stay there all night. No. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't want to bring nothing home. I know. Uh, the witch's castle even the name of this property is enough to send a shiver up your spine so it is hardly surprising that the witch's castle in portland is considered to be one of the most haunted places in oregon it was purchased in 1850 by the balch family as a sanctuary for the family but soon it became more like a prison when their daughter fell in love with the hired help danford balch ended up killing the man He then claimed that he did so because his wife had bewitched him with a spell. However, he was still hanged for his crime. His death holds the distinction of being the first legal hanging in Oregon. Anna was returned to the house where she had lost both her love and her father and lived out the rest of her life there. Now it is said that she haunts the building along with her father father and her lost love. Her father. People have reported seeing ghostly figures fighting around midnight. Well, at least she didn't freaking kill herself. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, Shanghai Tunnels. Portland's Shanghai Tunnels are world famous. They run under the city as a reminder that in its early years, this was a dark and dangerous city. Men and women alike were tricked or drugged in the bars and brothels all over town and dragged into the tunnels before being bundled onto boats to serve as slaves. Many were physically and or sexually abused, and several did not make it out of the tunnels alive. The hidden rooms were also used as opium opium dens, and many people overdosed in the tunnels. All of this death and torment has made the Shanghai Tunnels the ideal breeding ground for paranormal activity, and there are countless reports of strange noises, shadows, and disembodied voices, as well as a malevolent spirit who takes pleasure in tormenting the tour guides. (laughs) I've heard of those before. Yeah. I think that was like a TV episode of, you know, one of those shows yeah. that they went. Probably Ghost Adventures. I think they went there. Probably. Croissant Creek Road. Croissant Creek Road is a creepy little spot in Salem, which is said to be haunted by the spirit of a little girl who was hit by a speeding car while crossing the street. Mm-hmm. It is said that drivers often see a little girl and a boy at the side of the road. Sometimes they see a ball roll into the road and the little girl chasing it. If they stop or slow down, she will simply vanish. Oh, my God. That's sad. It is sad. I would absolutely die if I saw that. Oh, I know. Something just disappearing in mm. front of your eyes? Mm. I couldn't even imagine. No. I immediately would think I'm, I've am i gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be my first thought. I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it finally happened. <laughs> Oregon Oregon State Hospital. Oregon State Hospital originally opened in the 1800s as a general hospital, but over the years it got more and more crowded, and eventually it was largely being used for insane and mentally handicapped. Conditions in the hospital were not good. A combination of questionable medical practices and the constant abuse of vulnerable, vulnerable patients has left a dark stain on this building, 
and it is no wonder it is considered to be one of the most haunted buildings in Oregon. There are also tunnels under the hospital that were intended to be used for transporting the more dangerous patients, but which were rumored to be used to conduct experiments on patients since nobody could hear them scream. Visitors have said that they can still hear patients calling for help and there have also been reports of footsteps, wailing, and other strange noises. Mm-mm. Wailing? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then my last one is Pitok Mansion. Pitok? <laughs> sure. It's hard to say. <laughs> that sounds funny. Pit- <laughs> Pitok Mansion is a huge 16,000 square foot building that was built in 1909 by Henry Pitok, the publisher of the Oregonian, and his wife Georgina. The couple died in 1918 and 1919, but the family remained living in the mansion until 1964. The house was then turned into a museum, but few people are aware that it is one of the most haunted places in Oregon. The haunted nature of the property is more or less kept on the down low, but that hasn't stopped tales of the ghosts slipping out. Apparently, the Pitoks are still there and they often decide to move the furniture around. That's all I got. Okay. So we got a it was actually a, a Facebook post from Ashley. Hi Ashley. Hi Ashley. She's becoming our new co-host. Yes. Um so I'm just gonna read this quickly. It says, hello, beautiful ghouls. You asked us to show interest in any of the new great mysteries you've been covering. Brandy, if you don't mind, I'm really curious about Elisa Lamb and the circumstances of her death at the Cecil. I had thought I heard a year or so ago that the famous video of Elisa in the elevator wasn't actually the only piece of video evidence the police had obtained, that there had been another sighting of her but was not released. Is this true? And if so, does it have any implications about the cause of her death? I've listened and seen many sorry I've listened and seen a few media sources cover the story but none provided clear theories on how she ended up in the water tank I find that a bit odd but maybe due to lack of released evidence there isn't enough info to make a solid guess from what I've learned I believe it has to be an individual either working or that had been living at the hotel for long enough to know how to get to the roof and to unlock the water tank responsible Possibly in combination with Elisa not taking her prescribed medication. I believe that she had some mental mental health issues. I think she was manipulated or taken advantage of, which led to her death. Or ghosts. I really have no idea. This one hits home for me because she was Canadian and we are somewhat close in age and I empathize with her trying to find herself on a trip through the States. I also have never heard the last disappearance covered in last week's episode of The Little Boy, Super Creepy, which I really should have looked that up. But I think she's talking about the one where they were playing in, hide and seek. In the woods. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was thinking too. they jump out at their parents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I agree with you both. I think John Bonet was killed by her brother. I've seen a documentary where her stomach contents included peaches and cream. This was left on the counter in a bowl with a giant spoon as if prepared by a child. It also showed that John Bonet's head injury had head injury had similarities with an injury caused by being hit by one of her brother's train track pieces and apparently her brother had been antagonizing her for years with horrible quote pranks due to his jealousy and his own mental health issues so yeah it's not that hard for me to believe that a family consumed with wealth and a status cover up the murder of one child to save another and their appearance to the public makes me feel gross and icky i attempted to watch the netflix movie but couldn't do it all the little girls auditioning to be her creeped me out lots of love from ghoulie of the north and nate and norm say hello to all the ghoul fur babies they are happy to hear they have some fur cousins to the south <laughs> should they ever want to vacation ha <laughs> ha also little green children did y'all ever watch that episode of magic school bus where the red-headed kid only eats orange food and begins to turn orange as a result and then the class shrinks down and they go to investigate lol maybe at something like that like you mentioned the eating of beans aside from major gas maybe they were green <laughs> lol and yeah what the fuck if kids are coming out of caves that are green go investigate that cave yo (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had a friend, a friend of mine, um, when she was pregnant, she, like, I swear all she ate was carrots. And uh, her baby came out like freaking orange. Really? Yeah. So if you eat a certain amount of something, it can tur- like change the pigment of your skin. I think it's, you know, it's temporary. Yeah. But... You know, if you, I mean, if you grew up eating one thing, I mean, who knows what it would do? Who knows? That's true. Um, So wherever they came from, that's probably what they ate. Maybe. Yeah. And I still think they were underground or something. I think so, too. So, you know, you combine what they're eating with their environment. You know, they're not getting any sun. Right. You know. So the the vitamins in their body are completely working differently yeah. than ours because obviously they don't need the sun to survive. Which where the fuck I I don't know. I don't know. That's freaking it's a weird. weird story. I know. Maybe I can look into that later. Um, and I will also uh, I might I might look into Jean Benet a little bit more. But tonight. Um, because Ashley wrote that in, I figured we could discuss Elisa Lamb a little bit mm-hmm. farther. And I got this from Ranker, and the author was Sage Han. Um, so I'm basically going off of this. But these are the creepy circumstances surrounding Elisa Lamb's death. Um, So it says, Elisa Lam's mysterious death has been haunting the internet since 2013, though the case is officially solved. Mm -hmm. Uh, Internet sleuths continue to theorize about its eerie details. Officially, Elisa Lam had a manic episode that led to an accidental drowning, but no explanation can stop you from getting chills when you read about her death. So Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old student traveling from Canada who went missing and was eventually found dead in a rooftop water tank of a Los Angeles budget hotel. If you aren't familiar with the mysteries and conspiracy theories surrounding the case, um, there's there's dozens of uh, you know articles and theories. So let's see. Elisa Lamb's death is known for the chilling elevator footage released by police. In the video, Lamb appears at times frantic and other times playful. She makes strange motions with her hands as if swimming or petting a dog. It's also noteworthy that the footage released has been edited as well as sped up. Perhaps the footage was edited to protect the privacy of an innocent person who walked by or perhaps just because nothing happened in it but some theories claim it suggests a cover-up which obviously if there's if there's footage missing which there is it's been edited and and parts were cut out mm-hmm. i mean what why well the whole thing is weird i mean so she definitely she had some mental issues she, she did was on medication yes so I understand, you know, I understand the video. Yeah. If she was having an episode or whatever, I understand that. Yeah. The whole thing that I don't understand is the water tower. Yeah, that does not make sense. So, the, so let's just say she was having her manic episode and there was a water tower. If it was open, I could totally see her climbing up there and jumping in. Yeah. But don't they say that it was closed? It had a door on it? I I have heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. I heard that they had to get machinery up there to specifically open it because it was, like, impossible to get it open. And other times I've heard that it was already open. So, but... I mean, I I wouldn't know, you know, I wouldn't know. That's the part that gets me. It's like... It is, yeah. That's the craziest thing. So, you know, on one hand, I could totally see her doing that if she was off her meds. Sure. And just falling in or going in and, you know, whatever. Even even going for a swim. If she was like... Yeah. She's like, oh, they don't have a pool or maybe they did. I don't know, but... Maybe she thought it was a pool. Who knows? This looks fun. Yeah. But if it was closed... I don't think there's any way that she could have done it. Exactly. No, I totally, I totally agree. Um, But I do have, I, I looked up the video and they did a, like a body language analysis. So I'm just going to kind of go through what 
you see in the video and if you guys want to look it up look it up and kind of go through with me so the video shows miss lamb in the elevator at the hotel what follows is a body language analysis of this video a summary will appear at the end which i'll read that too uh, when miss lamb initially enters the elevator she is not in fear her wide arm swing i guess she swung her arm to the left and relaxed fluid gait or her walk um, indicate that she is relaxed and thus not feeling urgency she pushes multiple buttons which she performs in two sessions so she pushes every single button i believe mm -hmm. all in the middle twice um so elisa lamb moves back to into the left corner of the elevator and her arms are at her sides and her feet positions are natural and relaxed and does not indicate fear shortly thereafter she looks quickly out of the elevator door um, she then retreats to the left wall of the elevator and then moves to the left front corner. Her hands adopt the fig leaf configuration, which I think that's where they, they go up, like um, like your fingers are pointing up, mm -hmm. I think. And her feet are close together. This is consistent with anxiety and a lower confidence. Um, or a beta emotional tone this body language does not itself indicate fear but it does indicate anxiety or a lower self-confidence okay. and that's very odd that just kind of switched mm -hmm. here miss lamb jumps out of the elevator it is a quick two-step maneuver and has a playful quality to it for a second or two, Ms. Lamb's feet splay wide while her hands are still in the fig leaf nonverbal or close to it. This wide stance signi uh, signifies greater confidence and is consistent with fear. Huh. Thus, the, uh, these two nonverbal signals convey a level of emotional dis uh, dissonance. <laughs> dissonance maybe yeah that looks right. right what's that mean dissonance i don't know okay this is um the most important image of the series for about 16 seconds ms lamb displays an elbow out laterally with armpit exposed and behind the head hair preening display <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was, at least for some time, performed bilaterally. The movement as she reaches up begins this extended preen uh, was very fluid, slow, and deliberate, which is very important. This dis display cluster con context is a strong and highly reliable indicator of sexual interest. Hmm. The person of her interest is either present outside the elevator or she's actively thinking about this person. Here we can see both hands and arms retracting from her extended preening sexual display as Ms. Lamb turns back into the elevator. She steadies herself as she walks back into the elevator. This coupled with her slow gait suggests either lightheaded symptoms, vertigo, or a, or a relative emotional extreme. I'm not sure what that means. Um, an elbow forward bilateral hair adjust behind the ears is a nonverbal sign of Ms. Lamb, quote, dialing up her alpha. It indicates she's trying to be more assertive or courageous. This is in distinction to sexual display noted above. Notice her elbows are not pointed out laterally, but held closer to her body. Although the resolution is low, we can see that Ms. Lamb is smiling. Although it may not be true, a true sincere smile, it is at least a fair social smile. Her right hand gestures in an illustrator with fingertip only touching her right chest. This hand illustrator suggests a lower sincerity and a higher leveling of anxiety in this moment. It's like she's going on this crazy roller coaster of emotion mm -hmm. that like all at once in this video. And it's sped up too. Yeah. yeah. So very strange. Which could correlate with the manic episode. Possibly, yeah. And that I mean <clears throat> 
it really kind of sounds spot on mm-hmm. you know of that because yeah. i mean and you know i've never had a manic episode or not but it has to be mental it's all it seems emotional and if she's you know doing all this stuff it very well could be a just yeah. an episode that she's having um okay so i'm gonna kind of skip forward here so there's an image where her right foot goes up on her toes she does this several times this body language pattern indicates a significant level of excitement and optimism it's also common with joy at the very end of the video ms lamb's elbow briefly elevates up and out laterally again in a shorter repeat of the sexual interest preening nonverbal disgust so in conclusion miss elisa lamb is playing a game of hide and seek or something similar in this video and although at times she displays some anxiety there's no indication of fear there is definitely an element of play present here it is of course also possible that narcotics are influencing her behavior of particular importance uh she is putting herself on sexual display while this is seen here may have no connection with her demise if the events in the video occurred just before her disappearance it strongly suggests that the person to whom she is attracted may have knowledge of contributed to or be responsible for her death Hmm. so i mean they i guess they think that someone was out in the hallway because there's you can't see anybody i mean well not that we know of exactly well in the video you can't see anybody what about the cut out parts oh yeah that's right that's crazy oh my gosh so um people think that the video is tampered with so i'm going to kind of move on the next uh you know creepy circumstance is it was at the cecil hotel which mm-hmm. has got crazy stuff associated with it so lamb was not the first or even the most notorious death associated with the cecil hotel in 1985 it was temporary the temporary residence for serial killer richard ramirez known as the night stalker in 1991 jack unterweger an australian serial killer called the cecil hotel home in fact since it was built in 1927 the hotel has witnessed over a dozen murders and suicide the black dahlia uh, elizabeth short was said to have stayed at the cecil hotel as well though la crime historian kim cooper disputes this claim the hotel may be cursed but a simpler nonetheless sinister reason for the incredible number of deaths associated with the cecil hotel is its location along skid row a notoriously poor part of los angeles populated by homeless people and transients since lamb's death the cecil hotel has attempted to rebrand itself changing its name to the stay on maine though a portion of its of it remains a residential hotel for the otherwise homeless in 2016 the city of los angeles considered making it a historical monument sounds like they need to tear it down to me uh, yeah but i mean who knows it could be like the the um land or whatever yeah, it could it yeah. could attract because that is crazy That's a lot of stuff exactly in one building exactly okay so um I kind of this was this was made this post was made three years ago by um, Make Mind Free to Go. I don't even know probably on Reddit, um, but it was like a a update for this, so it was pretty pretty recent. But they kind of mentioned um, that people have thought that it was this elevator game that she was playing and i just kind of wanted to talk about that and and go over how how to do it so so this is just called the elevator game and some people think that she was playing this by herself um oh and i also wanted to mention just real quick i did find on youtube that there there have been people that posted on youtube that the roof access is like super easy to get up there mm-hmm. and people go up there to smoke like employees go up there to smoke all the time yeah. and it's like left open so i thought that was that was an interesting thing too mm-hmm. but it seemed to be pretty easy but like you said it still wouldn't be easy for the water tank to be open yeah. so that's still weird but um okay so go back to the elevator game so there you play by yourself 
The requirements are one building at least 10 stories high with an elevator. So instructions are one, enter your chosen building and get into the elevator on the first floor alone. Do not proceed if anyone else is in the elevator with you. You press the button for the fourth floor. When the elevator reaches the fourth floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. When you reach the second floor, remain in the elevator and press the button for the sixth floor. When you reach the sixth floor, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. When you reach the second floor, remain in the elevator and press the button for the tenth floor. When you reach the tenth floor, remain in the elevator and press the button for the fifth floor. Okay, this one's different. This one's different. When you reach the fifth floor, a young woman may enter the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to her. She is not what she seems. Mm. Press the button for the first floor. If the elevator begins ascending to the tenth floor instead of descending to the first, you may proceed. If the elevator descends to the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back. Do not speak. Ooh, I just got chills. If you reach the tenth floor... You may either choose to get off the elevator or stay on it. If you choose to get off, and if the woman entered the elevator on the fifth floor, she will ask you, where are you going? Do not answer her. (laughs) Do not look at her. You will know whether you have arrived at the other world by one indication and one indication only. The only person present in it is you. That's boring. Why would you go there? Okay, so the return trip. (laughs) If you chose to stay on the elevator on the 10th floor, press the button for the first floor. If it doesn't work, keep pressing until it finally does. When the elevator reaches the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back. Do not speak. Well, like forever? (laughs) Like, are you done? If you chose to exit the elevator on the 10th floor, you must use the same elevator to return as the one in which you arrived. When you enter the elevator, press the buttons in the same order you did in steps 2 through 8 of venturing out, which is the first one. You should finish at the 5th floor. When you reach the 5th floor, press the button for the 1st floor. The elevator will begin to ascend to the 10th floor. Press any other floor's button to cancel the ascension. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You must press the button you use to cancel the ascension before you reach the 10th floor. After you reach the first floor, check your surroundings carefully. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not exit the elevator. If you detect something wrong, repeat step two until your surroundings look as they should. Once you are confident you have returned to your own world, you may safely exit the elevator. Additional notes. You should... Should you reach the other world, the floor onto which you will emerge will look almost identical to the one from your own world, save for two things. All the lights will be off, and the only thing you will be able to see from the windows is a red cross in the distance. That's creepy. Some say that electronic devices, such as mobile phones, cameras, MP3 players, etc., don't work in the other world. Others say they do. (laughs) Getting back to your own world may be more difficult than it seems. You may become disoriented and forget which elevator in which you arrived. The elevator may seem to get farther and farther away from you as you walk towards it, and so on. Be vigilant and keep your wits about you. If at any point during the ritual you faint, pass out, or otherwise lose consciousness, you will likely wake up in your own home. However, to be sure to be ex- however, to be sure to carefully examine your surroundings upon waking, the home to which you have been returned may not be the one you left when you first set out to attempt this ritual. Concerning the woman in the fifth floor, 
Do not speak to her. Do not look at her. If you do, she may decide to keep you for her own. So that's the elevator game. Some people think that that's what she was doing and she was just going. Well, she wasn't doing it right if that's what she was doing. (laughs) Yeah, she, yeah. Okay. So that, that was mine. I hope... I mean, we just mainly talked about the video. Yeah. But, you know, there's just so many things that are creepy and surrounding, you know, her disappearance. And there's, I mean, there's just more questions than than answers at this point. So, who knows? It's sad. Um, did you ever start listening to that uh, podcast I told you about? That Time Suck? Yeah. I subscribed and I downloaded a few. No, I haven't okay. listened to well, he he likes to sing, okay, <laughs> or attempt to sing. He's not that good. <laughs> um, but there's a song, <laughs> and he sings it, and I can't sing it. But it says the way he the way he sang it was, "Y'all go yo." How did he say? "Y'all be there." Yeah, and it's a song. It's a it's an older song. Yeah. And I thought he was just being stupid. And I got in my car the other day, and the song came on. I was like, oh, that's that song. And he was singing. I looked at it. The actual title of the song is Ya Mo Be There. Is it from, um, oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, my gosh. I think I know what song you're talking about, though. But I started cracking up because I thought he was just being stupid. <laughs> yeah. But no, the title of the song and the song is stupid. <laughs> What's Yamo? Yamo be there. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny, though. I've, I, yeah, I think I've heard of that song. Oh, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> we have to keep an ear out for that. <laughs> so it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I did funny driving stories. Oh, God, okay. Um, the first one is, while taking a friend home in my 1970 Mustang, he asked how fast my car could go, and I told him I had it up to 120 once. He told me he would like to know what it felt like to go that fast, so we headed out of town to a lonely stretch of highway outside of town. We launched from a dead start, from, we launched from a dead start, tires screaming in first, still spinning in second, and chirping when I shifted into third. Driving at that speed, I never took my eyes off the road, so I couldn't see how my friend was reacting. I imagined him with a huge grin, like mine was the first time, and concentrated on driving. At 120, I announced we had buried the speedometer and let my foot off the gas pedal. I took a moment to glance over to see my friend's reaction, only to see he had removed his seatbelt and slid into the floor with his eyes covered. Usually, I would scream at anyone who removed their seatbelt while I was driving, but I was too busy laughing. He asked me to tell no one. Of course, I told everyone. From then on, I called him the fo- the front floorboard racer. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. That's so funny, because you know he's probably all big. I go, yeah, I can handle it. Uh-huh. <laughs> when driving a cab back in 1983, I picked up my car, which had been in the shop, I got as far as the middle of the intersection when the back of the cab rose in the air, then came down with an ungodly crash, leaving me sitting like I was driving up a steep hill. (laughs) Turns out the mechanics hadn't bothered to bolt the differential back on, so the car drove over the back wheels as they came (gasps) off. Oh my gosh! A cop pulled up beside me and red-faced with anger told me to move because I was blocking traffic. Oh my gosh. He saw why I wasn't going anywhere, started laughing, got on the radio, and within a few minutes, emergency vehicles of all types were passing slowly by laughing. (laughs) Needless to say, I didn't make any money that day driving the cab, but I should have charged for the show. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That would suck so bad, though. I know. It would just ruin your day. I mean, your day would be over. What would you do? I know. And then everyone's laughing at you. <laughs> Confession time. I have always, ever since I learned to drive, wanted to peel out. Maybe I watched American Graffiti one too many times. I just love it when guys peel out. Last time I was in Florida, I was driving a Dodge Durango, and I found myself on this stretch of road that was very, very empty. We were going for an airboat ride in the swamp, I think. And, well, the little devil on my shoulder told me to do it, so I did. 
oh my god what a thrill my son loved it my daughter disapproved (laughs) (laughs) guy had a sheep in his lap while he was driving oh my gosh what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) some people have dogs Uh, yeah sure sure you know yeah I was trying to turn into a gas station once, but the road was blocked by a dude in the middle of the turn lane, dressed exactly like a boxer, fancy shorts, boots, hands taped up with boxing gloves, in really good shape. Shadow boxing. When I tried to turn, he started to box my car. I got scared and drove off. thinking okay he had to be in his place where he lives he had to get out the fancy shorts and tape up his do this seriously like (laughs) see how many people i can weird out today (laughs) oh my gosh i saw a lady on the freeway with the newspaper open she was clipping coupons I gave her a what the fuck are you kidding me lady look she flipped me off was she driving she was driving and clipping coupons oh my gosh dude that's so dangerous watched a guy on the freeway doing about 70 and shaving with a regular razor and shave cream he waved the razor out the window to blow the foam off Oh my god! He's going to cut his throat open. He's going to kill kill everybody around him. Oh my god. A woman (laughs) cross stitching while going 80 on the freeway. No. She was driving with her knees. Oh my god. I that is that's the scariest thing that we've ever had on this Uh podcast. Like, I don't care. That is have you ever cross stitched before? Oh, mommy tried to teach me, but I didn't. Okay, so it's teeny, teeny, tiny little X's. X's. Uh And you know how, like, focused Mm. you have? Like, I mean, the worst thing you could do and try and drive. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, my God. While driving home from work on I-5 North, just south of Seattle, I passed a car that was towing a boat, and the boat had a mannequin in the driver's seat. (laughs) I crack up every time I think about that. That is funny. That's funny. <laughs> and my last one, I passed a guy talking on his cell phone while also peeling an orange. Oh, oh no. Oh my God. That is so... Well, not only do we have stupid people that are talking on their cell phone, which I talk on my cell phone, but well, we, you got, got hands we got people free. Tech, We got people texting. <sighs> and they're peeling an orange, and he's peeling an orange. What... I just, I, um, I, oh my God. I just, I don't even have words. <laughs> uh, that's so scary. It's because people are stupid. As we've said many, many, many times. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, I just, oh my God. Well, thanks for listening, you guys, and not doing other things while you're listening and driving at the same time. <laughs> hopefully oh our listeners aren't stupid of course you guys wouldn't do that i know you i know you okay um look us up on facebook send in your stories we want to hear them anything scary scary and or funny or if you saw someone doing something freaking stupid driving let us know ghouls night out podcast at gmail.com look us up on facebook uh rate review subscribe wherever you listen um if you want to send in suggestions like Ashley, send them in. We want to hear it. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.